Ethan and Ashley, come on up here. Y'all come on up here real quick. Okay, we're going to practice finding the scripture. Now, Ashley, do you know how to find scripture in the Bible? A certain chapter and verse, do you know how to do that? Okay, turn to the, turn to the table of contents. Turn to the table of contents right up front because Ethan's going to learn too. We're both going to learn together. We're going to practice. Keep going. Keep going. A little bit farther. Okay, see our table of contents? Okay, now you want to find the book called Matthew. Do you see that name anywhere? Right there? Okay, so we want to turn to that page. Can you find that page in there? Yeah. Okay, both of you find that page. Got it? I need to use 1051. 1051, great. Come back this way. Good job. Good job. You're getting close. You're very close, okay? See it right there? Almost there, right? One more. One more page. There we go. Does that say Matthew right there? Okay. Now, the first number is the big number, so we want to look for a big number 22. So turn your pages, okay? You see like that big number right there? We want to look for the number 22, and they're going to be in order. You see these numbers up here at the top? See those numbers right there? Okay. 19, 20. We're getting close, aren't we? 22. Okay, now the little, the second number is the little number. So after 22, somewhere in this section titled 22, we want to see verse number 36. Do y'all see a 36? I'm down, but somebody hand me my glasses. Somebody hand me my, I don't want to have to get up again and then get back down again. I got it. You got it? You see it right there? Okay, now do y'all want to read out loud or do you want me to read out loud? Ashley. Ashley, do you want to read or do you want me to read? Ashley, do you want to read or do you want me to read, babe? You can read? Okay, start at 36 and go right there to that end where that period is. Okay, just a few verses. Starts with the word teacher. Okay? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love, and love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like this. Love your neighbors as yourself. All the law and the prophets, prophets hang on these two commandments. Good job. Good job. Good job. So, um... It saddens me that somebody hurt you. It really does. It saddens me. And we've talked about that already this morning, that love's going to win. Love is going to win. Um, one of the lines in what we just read, it says, we've got to love God with all that we are and all that we have, essentially. Okay? And then it says, we've got to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's hard when somebody's being mean to us, isn't it? It's hard to love somebody else when they're being mean to us. So I'm going to give you, I know that, that you've talked to, to your grandma and I know that you try to do what she was telling you to do and I know that you've talked to your doctor about it, but I'm going to, I'm going to add something to it. What it. Do you want to tell me the first name of, of the person who's hurting you? Luis. Luis? Is that his name? Luis? Okay. 
I'm going to give you a little trick. We're, let's try this this week. And I, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to join you this with this with you this week. I want you to say I want you to say a prayer for Luis, because he's being mean because something's happening to him that's making him mean. And so we're going to pray for him to love. We're going to pray for him to love. Okay. So let's practice that right now. Everybody, let's pray together. We're going to pray for Ethan and Ashley, but we're also going to pray for Luis. And I'm going to ask everybody in this room, why don't all of us pray for Luis this week and for his family, for whatever's going on there, because there's pain there. So let's bring God into this, okay? Let's bring God into this. So let's, let's everybody bow your heads, and I want you to listen to my prayer and try and remember it this week, okay? Dear God, thank you for loving me. Please protect me. Let Luis know, Let Luis know that, you love him too. that you love him too. Amen. Can we try that this week? And I promise you I'm going to pray with you, okay? All right? All right. Everybody, we're going to pray. We're going to pray this week. We're going to pray for Ethan and Ashley and Luis this week, okay? All right? Absolutely. Here we go. Where's my, where's my chapstick? You okay, bud? Okay. Ethan, no matter whatever anybody else tells you, you are a blessing and Jesus loves you. Ashley, no matter what anybody else tells you, you are a blessing and Jesus loves you. Ashley, you want to do me this week? Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming to church this morning. Y'all go have a seat. Oop. When you get older, you'll need these two. You don't need them yet, but when you get older, you will. It's just something that happens when you get older. Many years ago, Steve and I were members of a Sunday school class at the church where we ended up getting married, where we met and where we got married. And this Sunday school class was made up of singles. We were all singles together. And one thing that we would do every year was to have a missions ball. And we would raise money for a designated mission that we had chosen, a particular group. We would find a ballroom somewhere. We would hire a DJ. We would eat pretty good food. And we would dance the night away. The way that we raised money was through silent auction items, and sometimes we had a live auction. People would get area businesses to donate things. Members of the class would make something that they wanted to give away. But some of my favorites were when we put up different events we would do together. Like you could purchase with some of your friends and go together on a hot balloon ride, hot air balloon ride. I hosted one where we went down to Dinosaur Valley State Park for the day, took a, a few friends down to that. Somebody would host a movie, a, a movie night or a fancy dinner in their homes, and that's the way that we would raise money. When the ball first started out, the girls would come in their best Sunday dresses, and the men would wear suits, and let me tell you, my husband looks great in a suit. He looks just wonderful, so handsome in a suit. Yes, he does. Over time, the women started like ratcheting up a little bit and we started wearing more formal dresses and then it became that the women were one-upping each other. Who could have the nicest dress? And before long, we were spending more and more money on those dresses. And eventually the president of the Sunday school class said, now hang on, as much money as you're spending on that dress, donate that amount of money at the missions ball. Well, when that didn't work, we finally decided, okay, the mission ball is now going to be casual. Everybody wear blue jeans. Just wear blue jeans up to this. Well, there are some people who no longer wanted to come because they were looking forward to getting dressed up. We had lost sight 
of what the missions ball was about. It was about loving and serving others, and we needed to be mindful. We needed to be reminded to be faithful, to be faithful to our love and service for others. Our parable this morning that I read about the king and the banquet and, and the, those who were invited to come reminds us that we are to be faithful to our call to honor God. We need to be faithful to the call that God places upon us to revere God. The king in the parable is God. And the king, as God, sends out an invitation to those that he wishes to come to a banquet, to a wedding banquet for his son. Sends it out. It's implied that the ones it's going to are the elite because they own a business and they own a farm. And so the, the invitation goes out to the, to the really upper people in society, those who are business owners, those who have a lot of property, those who have a lot of money. The invitation goes out to them to come. That's followed by a second invitation saying, okay, now we're ready. Now you can come show up. But they didn't. They were too busy. They were too lazy. They had to check on their business. They had to check on their farm. They just didn't feel like going. For whatever reason, they didn't come. All of the comments, I needed help with this parable this week. Every commentator that I read said the same thing. This first group of people are representative of ancient Israel and the Israelites. The Israelites were a group of people that God called together and said, I want you to be my people. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be your God, and you're going to love me in return. And what God did for these Israelites is he came up with all of these laws, all of these commandments for them to follow. Well, the problem was over time, these we call them Jews, the Israelites became disobedient to the commandments. They were sort of in this, this idea of thinking, okay, God's chosen me. I'm good. I don't have to do anything else when God said, oh, no, 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 you've got to do these things. And so the Jews and the Israelites started misbehaving and not doing what God was asking them to do. And the result of that is that they were conquered by other nations, they were placed into exile, and they really lost their identity of who they were. The invitation was extended. God said, come be my people, and they didn't show up. They didn't follow through on it. The first group of people in this parable is reflective of those who receive an invitation and don't show up. And for the commentators, that's telling us that it is Israel. The second group that we have in this parable, the king says, okay, fine, you don't want to come? Fine. Send the servants out. Go get anybody you can find. Go out into the streets. Go far and wide in the country. Extend the invitation to anybody, good or bad, and bring them all in. And bring them all in. Bring them here. As we talked last week, God's love and grace is extended to all people. All people for all time everywhere. And God's grace is offered freely and given, and we accept that grace when we accept that Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. Our reward for that is life in the kingdom of heaven, both here and especially eternal life with the Creator who loves us more than we could ever possibly imagine. God's invitation was extended, was extended out far and wide to all. The Gospel of Matthew was written to the first group of new believers, was written to the early group, the first and second generation of new believers. It's about that second group. It's about saying, hey, 
Come on in. The invitation's been extended to Christians now. Come in. Whether you're a Gentile or, a, or you're a Jew, come on in. And that's what the commentators are telling me, is that the second group of people are new believers. The second group of people who receive an extended invitation come and show up. It's us. It's us. It's the believers. It's the believers in Jesus Christ who come to the banquet. But within that second group, there's a man. There's a man that the king notices is not properly dressed for a wedding. And the king doesn't react very well and says, kick the guy out. I don't like this part of the parable. I really don't. I don't like the idea that the guy simply wasn't wearing the right thing, and the king says, nope, you're gone. Get out. One of my study Bibles added this, and then it made sense to me. It was customary in the time that when you arrived for a wedding banquet, the host gave you a garment to wear. It's not that the guy didn't have one at home, didn't have enough money, didn't dress properly. It's that when the attendant gave him a robe, he said, nope, don't want to, don't want to wear it. He came, he was offered this wedding garment, and he refused. That wedding garment is the fruitful life in obedience to God's will. It's coming to the banquet and fully participating in it. This guy wanted to show up but not fully participate. God is extending the invitation to us, come into the kingdom of heaven, and by the way, here's what you need to fully participate. I want to be very clear about this point. I want everybody to hear me very, very well. God's grace is extended to all people. It is a free gift. God's love is free. We choose whether or not to accept that gift. Now, if we accept that gift in faith and we say, great, I'm good. And then we take that gift and we put it on a shelf and we don't live into the faith, then we are this guy in the parable. Grace is free. We are saved by grace through faith. But Jesus tells us to live out that faith tells us to live so that others will know that we are Christians. Live so that others will see our faith. Live so that our faith comes out and others can see it. It's putting on that wedding garment and creating a fruitful life in obedience to God's will. This parable is not about who or how. The parable is about, okay, now what do we do with it? What do we do with faith? How do we live faithful to the king? How do we live in such a way that God is honored? When the lawyer came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, There are two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all that you have and all that you are. And love your neighbor so that you see God's love in them. Love your neighbor such that the love that God has for you, you can see in others. Love and serve others. 
Last weekend, Steve and I went camping at Cooper Lake State Park. And on Saturday morning, about 11 a.m., I hear this guitar starting to strum somewhere in, in the campground. And I hear this guy starting to sing. But he's not singing in English. He's singing in Spanish. And it's like he's warming up. But then pretty soon, I recognize the tune he's singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. And Steve and I looked around, and the amphitheater was just a couple of yards or so away, maybe 10 yards away from our campsite. And there was a whole gathering of people at the amphitheater on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. I didn't recognize the tunes of the other songs that they sang, but I knew what they were there for. And I knew that every person there was singing right along. They were having worship there in the campground. I didn't understand what they were saying, but what a joy to just sit in my chair and know that just yards away, God was being worshipped. I enjoy worship outside because, oh my goodness, it just trims it all away, doesn't it? You don't need the stained glass windows because the flowers and the sky and the trees and the leaves, they provide the color. You don't need the pyramids, you don't need the candles, you don't need a microphone, you don't need speakers, you don't need the computer because nature just provides the acoustics and provides the beautiful elements of it. And this group of people, all they were doing was saying, hey God, I love you. They were offering praises to God. They were saying, thank you, God. We're here to love you. We honor and are faithful to God when we love God, and there are many, many ways that we can love God. We're loving God right now, being in worship. We love God when we pray, when we read scripture, when we listen to a child read scripture, when we study together. We love and we honor God. At the time that Steve and I were driving off, to Cooper Lake State Park, I will confess, we were not here for Seven Loves East. We were on the road. But you three were here. Cheryl and Jonathan and Ethan were up here at Seven Loves East volunteering for the first time. I, I know you two were here too, but I'm talking about them. Okay. You were up here volunteering for Seven Loves East for the first time. And even though I wasn't here, I, I know what you guys were doing. First, you carried in these, these pallets or boxes of canned goods, right? And then you put the cans in the bags, right? And then you tied the bags and you put them on the shelves, right? And maybe you did that part? You did that part? You were a runner? And did anybody help put produce in the bags? Did y'all do that as well? That was already there? Okay. And then once the tables were cleared, you put out groceries for people to come by and select, right? Right? So you set up the food pantry. You set up the food pantry for people to come. But you did something else you didn't even know you were doing. You were putting love into each one of those bags. You were putting God's love on the table with each element that you put out. You put God's loves in those bags. Every time that Seven Loves East is launched on Saturday mornings, we pray for God's love to go out in those bags. And we pray for those clients to know without question when they leave here that they are loved. That God loves them, that we love them. So y'all weren't just putting cans into a bag. You were telling your neighbor, God loves you and so do I. That's what you were doing on Friday, is you were setting up that love. Loving our neighbor can be hard. We've talked about that today. Loving ourselves can be hard. We've talked about that. But each time that we love and serve our neighbor, we are honoring God. The way that we show faithfulness to God is by loving God and loving neighbor. 
The way that we show faithfulness to God is to be obedient to what Jesus teaches. And Jesus says it's all overarched in these two commands. Love God and love... If we spent more time loving each other, then we wouldn't have to worry about the rest of the teachings because we got them covered. Right? Love will win. And love is going to win. Here's the wonderful news. Here is the, just the outstanding great news. We don't have to be obedient on our own. We don't have to figure out what Jesus' teachings are like on our own. We don't have to love on our own because God knows we can't do it that well, so God gives us grace. God gives us grace. Grace isn't just about wooing us in and telling us Jesus is great. Grace isn't about always bringing us back to God. Grace is also what God gives us so that we can learn how to serve others. God gives us the Holy Spirit. And one of the Holy Spirit's job is to guide us, to instruct us, to teach us, and to help us when we need to serve others. When God says, be faithful to me, be obedient to me, love that neighbor and love me, we don't do it on our own. We've got help. We've got help from the Holy Spirit in grace. God has prepared a wedding banquet for his son, Jesus. God has extended the invitation to all to come. And God offers us that wedding garment to put on, to prepare us for the banquet. God offers us grace in the Holy Spirit so that we can lead fruitful lives obedient to God's will. How do we do that? Loving God with all that we have and all that we are. Loving and serving our neighbor. May we be love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.